0: soapbox. Uh, So we're going to start today with our trigger warning, figuring that if the Declaration of Independence deserves a trigger warning, then so do we. So if you have come looking for intelligent, non-tangential, nuanced, well-informed journalistic discussion, this is not the podcast for you. On the other hand, if you would like to listen to two middle-aged men muse about today's topic, we're here. I am Jake. With me, as always, is Sean. How are you?
1: I do better than everybody's going to be listening to this. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, we are our topic today, and I'm not even going to bother posing it as a question. Is something that if you have listened to any of Sean's other podcasts, you'll realize that he has some unpopular opinions on. Um, I happen to agree with a lot of them and disagree with some of them, but we're going to go into this and this basically what we're going to try to see if we can tackle today is the changing way that humans seem to be relating to the, each other. Um, and the effects that that is going to, that is in our probably going to have on society around us. So Sean, the soapbox is yours.
1: Oh man, you know, <laughs> it's uh... I'm not allowed to bring this up unless, like, we have a news story on it on other casts that I do. Um, the the guys are so tired of hearing about it, but uh, it's a subject that kind of fascinates me, and and that's just as you said the the kind of how we relate to each other, the the common narrative, the societal kind of build up to how relationships work in the modern era and the the effects of that
0: even if you want to go to the modern cliche of just how social media in and of itself has altered it you know the way people relate to each other is different than it has been in previous decades
1: oh yeah and we don't have like this cast is not long enough to unpack all of those sentences right like so we're gonna have to skim over some of this and probably come back to some of it at later times as we cover other things however we can kind of do a broad view and delve a little bit into some of this and one of the, the areas that that i always look at one of the the things or the meters that i look at is childbirth right what's the what's the birth rate look like You know, what's the marriage rate look like? What's the divorce rate look like? And because you hear a lot of these anecdotal stuff like TikTok's full of them. Right. Um, And anybody trying to discern anything that's real from TikTok, you've you've already started (laughs) at a horrible place. However, you know, you'll see a lot of these anecdotal stuff and people making, quote unquote, good points here and there or whatever. But but honestly, uh, you know, when you start looking at data. Right. So. Um, Randall Olson um, you know the the Center for National Statistics uh, the census.gov you know those those types of things are, are places where um, I go to for data and like okay what's for instance um, do you know the the most people, uh, especially in the last uh, since the 80s, have said that half of all marriages end in divorce, which is not actually true. Okay. Um, the uh, I mean, since it, now
0: it, it is kind of the accepted statement.
1: It is. It's not true, but it's the accepted statement. Now, uh, at one point, at a very small amount of time. Um, half of all marriages did end in divorce, but it wasn't half. Even then, it was about 48%. And it's still somewhere around 48 to 46% of marriages, current marriages of people alive today, uh, end in divorce. Uh, now, that's, I mean, that's a true statistic. However, anybody who uh, knows anything about data and, and, and how numbers work is you can make it say pretty much whatever you want to say. And, and people and- will...
0: The example that I've always used for that, which I've and it has to do with the same similar statistic is the statement of you are more likely to get divorced if you live with your partner prior to getting married. And the part that they always leave out of that is what type of people typically don't live together previous to getting married. And that has to do – ten. it tends to be religious and traditional people
1: mm-hmm. who are
0: not going to get divorced even if they hate each other's guts.
1: Yeah. So, and, and there's and, – and, and you'll look at at stuff like, um, you know, you're more likely to get divorced if you are married under 25, right? Because – Stuff happens. You're not even done with college sometimes. Uh, you know, there's there's all kinds of factors in there and everything. But here's an interesting statistic uh, that I think a lot of people aren't ready for. Do you know what the average length of marriage is in the United? S- this is just in the United States. And I looked it up on legaljobs.com. Um, do,
0: do you I don't know the specific answer, but I think if I remember correctly, take a while, it, it's it's somewhere around seven years, eight point two. Okay, so I wasn't terribly far off. No, you're pretty close, actually. Eight point two years is the average length of
1: marriage in the United States today. So if you get married, the average—if you're married for longer than eight point two years—you are beating the average. Now, cool. oh I did it. Yeah, me too. You know. Uh, so, uh, but uh, that's that's kind uh, of a crazy it, sentence it, 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 from 50 years ago.
0: And, and and actually, just in the sense of being open with our own biases, we are talking, you, both of us are people who have been with the same person for over 20 years.
1: Yes. Uh, as a fact, in uh, June of this year, I celebrated my 22nd year of marriage.
0: Yeah. So so we're we're not coming at this as people who have, you know, neither one of us is on our second marriage or anything of that nature. So, uh,
1: nope.
0: Nope. 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 Yeah. So um, just, just a matter of perspective.
1: And I got married at 22. So, I mean, I'm beating the odds both ways there. Um, but uh, here's another interesting one. Um, back in the I don't know. Uh, let's let's go with the 1940s. Okay. Do you know what the average age of people who were married just after World War II was? Uh,
0: actually, no, my first inclination to say is to say that it was probably pretty young, but. Uh, something that's telling me I'm wrong.
1: No, it was pretty young. Uh, <laughs> the average age for women right after World War II, now again, this was in a time of rebuilding and all that kind of thing from the Office of National Statistics, was 22 and a half for women and 25 for men. So pretty
0: young. Uh, it, it, and with, with that being said, though, it also in 1940 uh, or 42, we, the expectation of what a relationship a married relationship between a man and a woman was different than it is today though
1: sure uh do you know what it is today
0: oh it's got to be in the mid to early to mid 30s
1: it is indeed uh 32 for women and 34 for men which means um you have progressed 10 years you people are getting married a decade older on average, in the United, and this is just for the all these numbers, by the way, are just the United States. Uh, I didn't pull any numbers or look up any numbers or, or investigate anything for world numbers or anything like that. We're just talking this country. Ten years older, they're getting married ten years older than they were back in the 40s, 50s, and uh, and and people are like, well, that's just after a war. Case in point, uh, when my parents uh, got married, and this is uh, in the Vietnam era, uh, this is in the early 70s. Uh, the age is even lower than that. It was 23 for men and 21 for women. That's, my actually, parents, that's
0: almost exactly the ages that my parents were.
1: That's almost exactly the age my parents were too. Uh, they're three months apart, and both of them were 21 years old when they – are just barely 21 years old when they got married. So, um, follows the trend, you know. Uh, but so what's what's happening, you know? Uh, why? why is this so different than it was 40 years ago? Um, Give me another number here. Uh, And this one is from uh, uh, the Business Insider uh, source. And this one's a little bit more murky. But in the 1960s, to get 80% of the population married – you were uh, basically 25 years old, 25 years old in 1960. The the population would have to reach about the age of 25 before 80 percent of them were married. OK, if that makes sense. In 2019, do you know how old you have to be to hit the 80 percent mark of married?
0: Once again, I'm going to go with right around 30, 40. Oh, 40 years
1: old in 2019 to get 80% of of that age group done or uh, in 2019 to get the likelihood of being married at least once, 40% or uh, uh, 40 years old to get 80%. So it's, it's, you can see a trend. If you just look at the numbers, you can see a trend. Um, people are getting married later. Uh, they are, are, Getting married more often marriages are shorter because the 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 uh, now we'll go over some of the reasons why here in a second. But uh, the statistic I mentioned earlier, where the average length of marriage is eight point two years now, it was twenty one years back in the 1960. Now, that's also because divorce had a large st- it was possible, but it had a huge stigma to it and a lot, not as many people did it um, back in, uh, the 50s, 60s, 70s as they do today.
0: It also is going to go into some extent with, um, you know, and as much as this is either going to be extremely unpopular or extremely popular, depending on which direction you look at it from, a lot of it also has to do with women in the workplace. Back at that point in time, if you were a woman and you got divorced, it was really a question as to how you were going to support yourself.
1: Yeah, there was there was all kinds of things that were not as good as now. In my personal opinion, I think we've had a lot of progress in some areas. Uh, the uh, the stigma of single women, single mothers, single parenting has largely been removed. I think that's largely positive. Uh, the and, women in the workplace, and,
0: and that one's arguable. The single part.
1: What. The, the, the,
0: the, whether or not it's positive that the more single parents, I mean, if you look at a lot, well, of,
1: I, I'm just saying that Society looks upon them, okay, right? No,
0: no, that's uh, that's, that's correct. Society yeah. does look upon them, but you know, if you want to go back into the last cast, if you start talking about
1: yeah, we'll get to the efficacy in a minute, but <laughs> but but as far as the stigma of of a woman becoming divorced and and oh my God, her life is over, that Correct. has largely been removed. Correct. uh when you look at women in the workforce, there are more women in the workforce they are earning more than they did now, a lot of people will get into the whole um you know pay gap thing i I think there's. A lot's been made of that, and I think a lot has not been uh, taken into account when they talk about the the pay gap type thing, uh, especially when you consider the jobs men take versus the jobs women take um, the, the in that whole thing. But we'll get to that in a minute as well. Uh, but when you look at uh, how that's happening, like how's this working out for us? And what we've seen in the last, uh, I'd say, 10 years – is the rise of a couple trends. And one of them is that there seems to be a narrative uh, that I think started with millennials. Like you didn't hear this in Gen X, right? Um, Gen X, it was a different message. But we really started this with millennials in that preparing young girls for life started to become more about girl power, empowerment and taking what you can from the world than it did about anything else. And and with that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, when you and I were younger, though, it was just beginning. But at the same time, it was still considered socially acceptable to consider the idea of the housewife.
1: Yeah, that is no longer socially acceptable. No, I mean, uh, in we're, fact, we're, you're considered a failure as a woman if you want to be a housewife.
0: Exactly. The, I mean, even the idea of and, and there's no moral judgment coming from me on on this at all. If someone were to choose that that was the lifestyle that they wished to live, somewhere along the line, somebody's going to look at them and tell them that they were wrong.
1: Yeah, you better not do that about my mother in my presence because my mother is a saintly woman and a wonderful person to be around, right. and I love her to death, and she was a housewife. And it's, but, but, I, I get so frustrated when people do that, you know.
0: But even then, to, today, you're, you're correct. If a if a young woman comes out of education today and looks around and says, I, I just want to be a housewife.
1: That, yeah, I that... want a family. I want to raise kids. I want to take care of a home. That's a failure as a person. Yes. Uh, according to today's logic and and the rise of the latest wave, and I don't remember which which number they give it, but the latest wave of feminism, basically, um, the tenets thereof are um, the the most famous line that you'll hear out of most feminists is uh, at least most hardline ones is I don't need no man. Like there, there's no man that is required for any of my existence. Uh, that is not something we we value or support uh, in modern feminism. Uh, the the idea of settling for one is just apocalyptic. They they they'll you know smoke come out their ears and they'll shoot fire out of their eyes. Um, If you suggest that one of them might want to get married one day and they'll tell you to your face like I will never get married and I'm never having kids and the idea is so barbaric and old school that it's laughable. I don't understand why you say such a thing Um, and I talk to actual people who say this right like this isn't uncommon. It's very common Uh, and the younger they are the more they, they seem to firmly hold this belief and I think. This is very prevalent. It is uh, largely held with millennials, and Gen Z is, as far as I can tell, about the same, maybe possibly more fanatical about it, Uh, which is fine. Look, I'm no one to tell anybody else how to live, but I look at the effects that this has, and what it seems to be doing is driving coupling apart. And I'm not talking about hookups and I'm not just talking about sex, right? Because sex is readily had. It's a basic human thing and we all have it and we all do that. And that doesn't seem to be as affected as much. What is affected is the coupling.
0: Well, I mean, I was not as um, judicious as you were or expeditious as you were in finding specific statistics, but I'm – readily aware of the fact that even the idea of uh, sexual intimacy between uh, Gen Z is dropping dramatically.
1: That is also um, affected. And we'll get into some of those numbers, too, because, you know, like when when you talk to uh, Gen X versus millennials versus Gen Z, the amount of sex they're having is is declining by almost 20 percent per generation. Right. From from the generation before it, we as Gen X are the most sexed under 30
0: <laughs>
1: around right now. And I'm like, you're kidding, you know, because they don't do it as much. They don't have as many. Um, which is kind of funny because you live in, an, in a world of dating apps and hookups and, and all the kind of things. And it's very technically easy and there's readily birth control and all that kind of stuff. They just don't do it as often. And that's fascinating to me. I'm like, OK, w- w- what the hell else is there? You know, like, what, why? You know, think back now. I know this is going to put us into a, a certain age group and, and we're going to be like, hi, Petra Schwab remembers. But but <laughs> remember back when you were a teenager, OK, uh-huh. w- did you give a shit about anything other than cars, girls and money? possibly booze
0: um i wasn't as much of a car guy as you were but you know you want to throw in star wars and star trek and the answer is yes you're correct
1: right um but the the heavy emphasis for me at least and i think a lot of other people was members of the opposite sex how i could be near them how could i have conversations and how could i touch them naked I, I can't
0: that argue was with that.
1: that was a large part of my ethos as a under 20 year old uh, over 20, I had I had achieved some of those goals and wanted to know how I could maximize the number of times that that would happen. Now, um, I thought the best solution at the time, which, as it turns out, I was correct, was to marry one of the ones that I thought was the best one available to do that with. And uh, as it turns out, uh, my calculations were largely correct. However, that aside, uh, I... I struggle to see like the 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 positive effects because you have you have like the the whole narrative, but you have these groups, right? These groups in that are are setting the tones of how people think, right? Feminism is, of course, a, a large voice right now it's getting voice from the media it's getting voice from uh, advocacy groups it's getting voice from individual women from pop stars from entertainment stars all that kind of stuff it's it's the whole feminist movement and and they're doing uh quite well uh getting their message out and that message seems to be penetrating no pun intended uh it's intended uh demographic and i i The whole thing with feminism
0: and a lot of I mean, and maybe this is where you're going, but a lot of the change can be laid positively or negatively, depending on once again, how you feel about it um, at feminism's feet. Because what you have is, as you said, you've got the feminist side of the whole thing in which it's I don't need a man. And then you've got the male side of it, which is, I'm not going to be treated like this anymore, so I'm just going to go do my own way, my own thing.
1: Well, and you you, you almost nailed it on the head, which is the whole MGTOW, which is the reverse of feminism. Yes. Right? And I don't think either group is right, to be honest. They're oh. just reacting to each other, well, essentially, if, at this point.
0: You know, if you really want to take a, take a step into the anthropological side, we whether it is – uh, male, female, male, 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 female, female, um, she, they, her, and they, her, them. Um, we are built to interact with one another. We're built to couple.
1: Yeah. We're, we're genetically and societally trained to interact with each other and honestly pair out. And, And, uh, and that's changing. No, it is. Uh, the message now is you can, you don't need anyone else but you, and societally that's true. And while women are screaming up inside, you know, up one side and down the other, I don't need no man. Men can just look at it, step back, and go, "Well, yeah, you're right, but we don't need you either." You know, um, I heard this angry TikTok the other day. It was hysterical. It's just like, yeah. Uh, I don't need no man. I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this. And, and you know, the, on the back end response to it, the guy's like, I don't need you either. Why? Like, why are we like we don't nobody needs anybody like why? This isn't a message, you know, like, duh. And that's about right. Like, we don't need each other to live anymore. The problem that I see is that feminism is right up to a point, right? You don't need a man to live. You don't need anyone's help to live. You don't need anyone's help to get an education. You don't need anyone's help to get a job. You can be successful in that job. You can do your job and everything's all good and everybody's happy. Right up until the point, she decides she wants something other than that, right? Like, I don't know, 35, 40, um, and that's late. Sometimes it happens. starts happening at 30, and uh, l- women in general uh, decide that they want kids and at that point you do need at least something from a man (laughs) uh to generate a child yeah um but in large part it helps to have a guy around now i'm not saying that that uh lesbian couples or or same-sex couples or anything like that i'm not talking about that i'm just talking about in general um there is still a significant portion despite what the media tells you in this country that are straight and you know do recognize that they want someone of the opposite gender i know that's very controversial to say in 2021 but it does happen (laughs) um and when that does happen uh the narrative changes and it's very weird to watch right
0: but but even in the process of that narrative and it kind of goes into what you were just saying about it being controversial in 2021 to say that uh, people may want something of the opposite gender. It, it, it's basically everybody is being judged and commented on for whatever it is that they want. Yeah, I don't care what so, you want. Somebody's going yeah. to say somebody somebody out there is going to tell you that you're wrong for wanting it. I don't care. And tell you
1: you probably need to die in the process because exactly. that's what we do now. And it's and isn't it funny that feminism will walk up one side and down the other, and then uh, you know women at at. Somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty five go. Oh, shit, I'm behind. Uh I want I want a family. I want a husband. I want a house. I want this. I want this. I want this. And I'm not on the road to getting it. And and I, I a friend, a dear friend of ours is just going through this thing. And she stopped immediately, like deleted half the videos on her YouTube channel that ranted up and down about men and then started taking the complete and opposite direction. You know, I don't understand what all this hate towards men is. I'm like, really?
0: Go watch the videos (laughs) that you just pulled down. And the best part about it is is that they're completely, totally and utterly unironic about the fact that they have changed the opinion.
1: Right. Right. Um, that can't be the problem. you know. She has spent, and I know because I know her, she has spent the last 10 years telling me and everyone else what evil bastards we are and then has the audacity to go cry on YouTube because nobody wants to date her because every person she knows in her life has been insulted heavily. <laughs> and told that they were evil just because of what they you know what they have naturally given to them which is a gender and there happen to be male um no one wants to date her now again this is anecdotal evidence but i got some some numbers to back that up here in a minute now on the other end of it now i i i can't abide by that philosophy i also can't get behind the migtow guys now Feminism seems to concentrate on teen to about 30, 35. MGTOW starts where feminism stops and concentrates on 35 to 45. And they're like, oh, she's this, she's that, and she wants you to save her, and she's made bad choices, and and now you have to fix everything, and now you're going to, like, the minute you get involved with her, you're going to be insta-family and all that kind of stuff. And they're not wrong. However, I think their outlook is wrong. And I think judging somebody,
0: not to be clear, you're talking specifically about MGTOW, men who go their own way versus incel,
1: right? Not incel, um, which is another can of worms. But
0: (laughs) (laughs) well, I mean, though, obviously, you know, having been with the same person for 20 years, I never got. To that, but I wasn't exactly what you would call the best person at dating to begin with, so I actually have a little bit of sympathy for the MGTOW of, uh, you know what? Nobody seems to want me because I'm not. I don't fit into that niche, so you know what? I'm just gonna give up and go do my own thing. So fuck it.
1: I I understand that, and I even in some cases agree um, because. The, what you're, what you have the danger of getting, especially if you are what women consider at 35 to be desirable, which is not what they consider to be desirable at 25, by the way. Um, you get a lot of women who are doing some weird things and it doesn't make much sense if you don't understand it. Um, women on uh, like 35 age or somewhere like that are on the clock. They have a limited amount of time that they can get this whole family thing done well, before it, they have to get it, it, it's, it's extreme.
0: It's rather unpopular to admit that, and, it, and it's not specifically women, it's not specifically men, it happens to every human being whatsoever, that there were certain biological hormonal initiatives that happened to people.
1: Yeah, and, so, and that's a very unpopular statement to say now, yes. uh, whether it's true or not.
0: But but it, if you and, and I and just so we don't open the can of worms as to male versus female, if you have a uterus and ovaries at some point in life, hormones are going to come out of those ovaries that are going to make you go. I need a baby and I need it now.
1: And what and now it doesn't happen to all women not 100 of, of them not. but i would say most of them it does and when that does happen her perspective on things will change and the things that she's looking for will change her you'll notice her lifestyle change she may change jobs she may change cities she may change what she's looking for in a guy she may dump the guy she's with because he's not right for family and start going after guys who are right for family. And that looks entirely different. And if you're watching from the outside, you're like, what is she doing? She's nesting. (laughs)
0: She's
1: (laughs) prepping for what she wants her life to be. And MGTOW focuses right on that. Like, Oh, you know, you dissed me at 25. Now at 35, I'm very attractive. You're a hypocrite. And they're right. Um, However, that doesn't change the fact that she snapped out of it and she's changed what she's looking for and she's she's looking for all these kind of things. So that's happening. Also, something that's happening that's never happened before, like like that, that whole biological aspect of it is is very frustrating in and of itself because society has trained us to not listen to those kind of things. Now, what I get frustrated with is the, the, and you mentioned it earlier, the whole religion aspect of it, where religion's like, oh, you got to get married early and you got to have babies and you got to do this and create a family and all that stuff.
0: Be, be, be fruitful and multiply.
1: Right. And while the, and this is a really irritating thing to me, while they're not wrong, and I hate saying that, um, <laughs> if you're looking for a family starting early and finding a, a solid mate that is, in my personal opinion, the perfect mate is somebody who values you for you and your personalities have chemistry and you care about this person and, and you can live a life of fulfillment with this person. Um, to me, that's like if you can lock one of those up early. That is the ultimate goal, right? That way you can start family planning. You can start building a life together, which is really what I consider the goal um, early. Instead of super late, right? Because the the earlier you, it's like planning for retirement. The earlier you start, which I'll never retire, by the way, which tells you where I am on that plan. <laughs> but but uh, I think most of Gen X can say that. But we don't because it's sad and it makes us cry at night. But but it's it's one of those things. I, and you may be better off than me, man. But I'll uh, never no, retire. No,
0: I'm pretty um, much cons- I'm pretty much convinced I'm having a heart attack and dying at at work.
1: Uh, yeah yeah. Me too. We'll we'll do it together. If our retirement job works out, I'll bring you down to Texas. We can open up a shop. I'll work on things. You talk to people, and we'll diet work together. It'll be great. Um, all right, but, but uh, and we talk about that on other cast, by the way. Um, but check out the network Lone Lone Wolf dot But. Uh, there's there's a significant portion of the religious thing that starts out and says, oh, do it early, and you get married early, and you f- be fruitful and multiplying. And they're not. This is the irritating part. They're not wrong. Well, I think the it, reasons it, they're doing it are shady, well, but
0: it, they're but not at the wrong. same time, it also is. It's a different environment. It's a different yes, reasoning behind. Very much it. so. You know, exactly. You don't necessarily in a religious aspect which is why you even have some religions out there that are still doing arranged marriages which is it's more the idea of specifically creating and building the family versus how anybody feels about being part of it
1: yeah and again i think that part of it's wrong as well so i mean i don't think anybody's got it right yet um when you get into the stuff like, like MGTOW focuses on on the late stage female, and they and they use a term, and I hate this fucking term, which is hit the wall, and I don't like that at all. Um, they're describing a, a biological uh, thing that women go through, which is um, – uh, and they say this, and I, I don't agree with this either, that men only value youth and beauty out of women, which I, I find – objectionable i i think we do value beauty and we do value youth but so do women um we well, are more visual creatures than women give and, you that and,
0: and even then you know and my my dislike of the men t- MGTEL, uh thought process is you know you go it, it's it's more of a thought process of vengeance is, I
1: think so, yeah. Which,
0: so, so really what it is is that you had all these people that you wanted to be attracted to you when you were younger who weren't. And now that they are, your response is, fuck off. Rather right. than simply looking around and going, wow, well, I'm suddenly attractive. I should run with this.
1: Or let me find one who isn't in it. For gold digging, or isn't trying to just make me a baby factory, or anything like that. Let me find. They're not doing that. What they're doing is being petty and and revenge. Which, look, I'm no one to tell anybody else how to live. You want to do that, fine, that's your thing. But there's a significant portion of men who are doing that. Also, you'll find a lot of these guys had women treat them very, very badly. And if you don't think women can treat people badly, or that women don't do evil things to men, you haven't been looking very much because it does happen. Oh, it's also um,
0: partially, you know, I'll even take partial blame for this as for the male population is the fact that we younger. We're pretty much stupid anyway.
1: Oh, we're going to come to that here in just a second. But um, <laughs> we're, but what we started with the guys, we'll finish with the girls. Uh, but the, the, a lot of them have been divorced. A lot of them have seen women use the court system to strip them of everything of value, um, which the courts are designed to do, by the way. Um, and it's an unfair system.
0: And then I'll even take a step back to the past with that one, because it's the system is designed for a period of time in which you had to figure out how a woman was going to survive after divorce, right.
1: that means, which no longer exists, no. by the way. Um, and and father's rights, uh, especially um, in the court system, are largely ignored uh also it's it's a very unfair system for fathers which is not something the feminist movement wants to fix by the way they're not actually in it for equality um it's it's grossly no matter how the laws are written um i found a a statistic the other day uh through census.gov 85 percent of those ordered to pay child support are men and when it they are women Women pay 56% less, even though their salaries are the same in some cases, 56% less than the men uh, if they're ordered to pay child support. But 85% of child support is paid by men. It is an unfair game when you go to child support in the courts.
0: But, but- – there even goes into, as you said, the the general concept of feminism doesn't really want to address this. Be, no, and no, it, no, it, no, But no, it no. also comes down to the same reason we we, we spoke about with the the migtel. There's a concept of vengeance. What we have to some extent is a, a a separation of peoples that hate each other's guts and just want to get what they can out of the other person and as quickly as possible and run away.
1: Right. And and this is uh, you can see it in MGTOW when you see it and and the, it's. And the irritating point is it's built around some truths, right? The the court system, uh, at least MGTOW, is – is uh, the court system is largely unfair. Women do – are capable of treating men horribly and doing horrible things to them and throwing them away like they're disposable and telling them that they're worth nothing. Um, that does happen. It destroys men's lives. It creates a huge depression, a huge gap, and 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 makes people very unhappy. Now – um, feminism also has some points, uh, men, generally speaking in early stages of life, uh, there's some really shitty things that guys do to girls. Um, we use them for sex. Absolutely true, which is a feminist, uh, a hard point and they're absolutely correct. It happens all the time. Um, they throw women away. Yep. Um, they, it's, and, and they, they try and use support to, to leverage, uh, activities out of women. Absolutely. Uh, but I will also stress that not all men do that, just like all women aren't evil. Right? It's It happens, but they'll use these, these points and these data statistics to define and justify a way of thinking and acting to all women and then use the media to back that up and tell them that this is the way they need to be.
0: Well, we also live in a society of fear at this point, so it's not judged by what – somebody what will happen what should happen it's all about what could happen to you
1: yeah um and and they uh there's a a psychotherapist uh katherine schaeffler and she wrote a piece in time magazine and i want to get this quote right i I pulled it up so i can get it and she says like this society's message to women is very clear And and this is in quotes. It's okay to feel a void if you don't have a job you love, but it's not okay to feel a void if you don't have a man or family you love, because healthy, successful women shouldn't need men. And this is really the message we're giving to young women. And we're telling them that they're failing as women when they do hit. Uh, a point in their lives where they do want a husband or a family or they do want to work less and concentrate on children we're telling them as women they're a failure if they want these things not if they have them if they want them they're a failure and i don't know how we got here i mean it's it's amazing to look at you can look at uh, you know uh the the effects of this and let me let, let's get to the effects for just a second here. Uh, the, Do you know in 1950 how many children per woman there were in the United States? Every woman had about this many children. Do you know what the number was?
0: Uh, if I mean, are we going with the, the, J, the basic
1: 2.8? 2. 2.8, exactly correct. Um, Jake and I have had this discussion before, so he's heard this over and over, by the way, which is why his answers <laughs> are almost exactly on the money. <laughs> This is not the first time I've ranted about this with him. However, do you know what the number is today?
0: Oh, I think it's like 1.2, if I remember correctly. 1.6. Okay. 1.6. Now – hell i mean i i'm 47 years old i have one child and i will only ever have one child i know you nope. have two so i even, have two even you know. then you know it, if you're talking about this we're below the average i 1. know that people yeah. in <laughs> I, I, though i came from a one sibling household uh it would not have been unusual for me to look around at other people of my generation and find out that they had four and five siblings
1: yeah, that's not the case anymore. Um, and the replacement rate, and uh, I'm going to get into this here, uh, the replacement rate f- to keep the population about the same is 2.1 children per woman, right? Because some children don't live and, and some people only have one and all that kind of stuff or, or whatever. But, but 2.1 children will get you the same population. It's, that's a stagnant society. Right. We are below the replacement rate. Now, idiots who don't know how the world works, how population works and how society works will go, oh, it's good. We have overpopulation now anyway, so we need less people.
0: And actually, that's I was going to throw out the devil's advocate statement of what about the argument that that with the overpopulation of this world, how maybe starting to have that scale back a little bit is not necessarily such a bad thing.
1: It's not. And if we had a society that could deal with a declining population and an aging population and we had systems in support of that that could uh, handle the increased load on young people whilst taking care of the older generation who is no longer in the workforce, this would not be a problem at all. The issue with that is, by the time you and I are old enough to collect it, the, the what we get out of Social Security will be a fifty dollars gift certificate to Omaha Steaks <laughs> and a fantastic pack of gum. You know, like we will, it will be dwindled to nothing. We will be responsible it, it, for it, it, our it, own it, stuff
0: and admit it. It won't be to Omaha Steaks. It's going to be a gift card to Walmart. Just admit it.
1: Yeah, well, or someplace less useful, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like, you know, I, 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 whatever, you know, like a coupon for dog food or something. Like, it, it won't be anything we can really use. And and
0: I mean, if you if you want to once again use some d- direct information, and I may get these dates slightly off, but I'm not terribly far off. Um, Medicare will be insolvent within five years, and um social security will be insolvent within I think it's by 2032, if I'm remembering the actual date correctly. Um, yeah. And that doesn't mean that they're going to collapse and be gone away, but they will not be able to meet their bills. Um, they There will be 10% of Medicare that won't be able to be paid by then. So the question is at that point in time is do we raise Medicare taxes or do we simply start pulling revenue from the other pieces of the federal budget in order to pay for that?
1: Yeah. And guess which one I bet you they're going to pick. So I what what we're going to walk into here is an unstable generational issue. Right. The young are not going to be able to take care of the old monetarily or physically because they're all working so hard at the jobs that they can't afford, which they have crippling student debt for. Uh, if you look at the, uh, and I pulled this uh, from where did I get this from? Uh, INS. Um, the the number of students graduating with six figure student loan debt. Okay, six figure student, over a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, in the United States, there were about three thousand in the early nineties. So, uh, both. Undergraduate and graduates, six figure debt, there were about three thousand students. And you were likely a doctor debt. or a lawyer. Right. You know, that this was this was very unusual, but it did happen. In two thousand sixteen, there were hundred and seventy eight thousand students in just two thousand sixteen alone. One hundred and seventy eight thousand students who graduated with over one hundred thousand dollars in debt.
0: And they had sociology degrees.
1: Right. Or women's studies or philosophy or English or or something ridiculous. Right. I know somebody who had over one hundred thousand dollars into they were over six figures or really, really close. I think they actually were in the 90s. Six figures, almost six figures studying for a Ph.D. in women's studies, didn't get the degree, dropped out of the, the Ph.D. department, started teaching as an adjunct, which, by the way, is about a $40,000 job, thirty to $40,000 job, um, if you look it up on national averages and stuff, uh, with a $90,000-plus student let. Uh, student uh, uh, student loan debt didn't get the Ph.D. Right got the bachelor's got the master's all that kind of stuff but not the Ph.D. But ninety thousand dollars in debt to a junior college that just became a four year university recently and that's still like in women's studies she she spent all that in women's
0: studies and and that managed to piss off the school and get fired <laughs> actually that, that did happen um. <laughs> But I mean,
1: like, like, how are you supposed to ever make any headway when, when you're like, and, and start a family? So let's say as, as often happens, okay, this, at least back in the day, as, as often happened, doesn't happen as much anymore, at least statistically, let's say you meet your girlfriend in college. Okay. Both of you are studying various degrees, whatever it is of, of, uh, usefulness and, uh, Both of you decide, you know what, we're going to make a go of this and it's going to be great. We're going to have our degrees. We're going to start our lives together. And you go and you start your lives together. And what do you do? Right? You're millennial. And this has actually happened to a lot of millennials, right? So two millennials, they meet in school. They go start their lives together. They start their lives together with a degree that isn't what worth what it was previously. $200,000 in debt. Between the pair of them,
0: which which could be a nice home.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, um, not in today's market, but it, it's it's it, back then, you know, uh, in millennials I didn't, I didn't like two thousand.
0: La- I didn't say a large home. I said a nice yeah. home. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's more than my first home. Or it's more than my only home that I've ever bought. cost Um. And so what you really got here is is two people who, their house, that's a that's a pipe dream. They're not going to get a house. They're they're $200,000 in debt. The jobs that they're going to be able to get coming out of school with those degree those fancy degrees that they paid at this point hundreds of thousands of dollars for are going to get you a if you're lucky $30 to $40,000 job. Maybe. Maybe. And you're it's going to take you a while for advancement, right?
0: Well, uh, even then what you're talking about is, you know, when I first re-entered the professional workforce I had a $30,000 job but $30,000 20 years ago went a whole hell of a lot further than it does now
1: yes it did I didn't even have a $30,000 job when I when I got out of art school my first thing because I wanted to uh, and the art school I went to is not the same as it was it used to be a great degree plan now it's crap Uh, it's been bought like six times and just degraded every time but um, back then, I had a twenty-eight thousand dollars job. That was my starting salary, and I was happy to have it because, again, twenty-eight thousand dollars went a lot further. And my student debt was fifteen thousand, not a hundred. And I went to a private school, you know, for college, and it was only fifteen grand. So, uh well, the part that I had left to pay off, I think it was actually the degree was 30. I paid half of it while I was in school and because I could do that because I was working like two or three jobs and I could pay half of it off. So I had 15 grand coming out of school. I made. 28, which meant I could make and still have an apartment. With my significant other at the time, we weren't married uh, with my significant other at the time. Both of us were making roughly she actually made more than me. Um, both of us were making roughly 30 grand, and my student loan payment was 115 bucks. So uh, just to give you some idea, those are workable numbers.
0: So basically the entry level positions are pay about the same, but the cost of living has gone up dramatically.
1: Well, the cost of living has grown up dramatically, but the cost of the education and the degree that you get for it has wildly just overblown itself to the point where they don't have a chance. This isn't, and I say this to people, and they look at me like I'm insane because you know everybody it's it's a it's a favorite refrain for the boomers to tell you that the millennials are just lazy, and they're okay. not. Well, Sorry. no, you know, I don't think as a generation, I think, you know, th- it's really easy because they said the same thing about us. I mean, they said, oh, you're going to have to eventually get off the skateboard, get out of the coffee shop, get a job. You know, they said that about Gen X. Um, they say it about every generation, right? Like they're lazy and they don't know what the hell they're doing and all that kind of thing, which is true. We all are.
0: Well, I think. Me... It more or less what it is is anybody who is younger than you who doesn't know as much as you who hasn't learned as much as you who has not does hasn't developed the same ethic that you have is immediately an idiot.
1: Oh yes, clearly. And and, uh, and, I'm,
0: and I'm just as guilty of that as anybody else. I think
1: everybody is a little bit, you know. Um, but the when the millennials came out of it, the the, the deck was stacked against them before they knew it. Right.
0: But but and even then, then with some of that perception, a lot of that also comes from little things that have popped up that looked at from people from our generation and older looked at and went, what, which are things like nap time at work.
1: Yeah, I didn't say that they were perfect and I didn't say they didn't have some really <laughs> shitty ideas. All right. I didn't like I'm not going to say that. All right. However, you know, like a 19 hour work week is, is you actually get more done. No. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked 40 hours and I've worked 20 hours. And I can tell you which week I got more work done in um, because, you know, for the people who say you get more work done that way, that's just because they didn't do anything in the 40 hour work week. Right. Yes. Anyway, um, that aside. Uh, math is math, right? (laughs) But that is like 40 is more. You get more work done if you spend more time doing work, not just at the office doing work. But I digress. So with all this other stuff, with the student debt and the shitty jobs and the crappy housing that's expensive and, you know, everything costs more and all that kind of stuff, we are still on two fronts, right? One, you've got all these social groups piling on saying you don't need anybody else. You don't need a person. You don't need care. You don't need uh, somebody to look out for you. You don't need a relationship. You can just – you you do you, queen. And then you've got MGTOW over here going, you know, she's going to dump you. She hates you. Women are evil, all that kind of stuff. You've got that, that coming into your headphones n- relentlessly through every media outlet available. And then you have your family, which – and this is going to be a really unpopular statement, Where so are we you know,
0: grandchildren.
1: Oh, I hate that. And and I was married for ten years and living with my wife in an apartment, and and trying to get a handle on being an adult, and paying off my student loans, and trying to figure out how life worked and all that kind of stuff. And you just have your family and. No matter what anybody or the media would like to tell you, your family still has a significant ear uh, or voice (laughs) in your ear to to how you're living your life. They're constantly telling you what you should be doing.
0: I'll 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 admit mine went. The opposite direction that most people think it does my dad said we stood in our in his backyard literally the day after i was i was married and he told me specifically that i was not allowed to make him a grandparent yet that he wasn't ready <laughs> and my wife was pregnant one month later
1: right well oh, <laughs> tough beans you know i i got i got it from My side of the family, Shannon got it from her side. In fact, we had been married for three years um, with no child, right? Um, Now, when we got married at 22, uh, most of my friends were sure it was a shotgun wedding and she was pregnant. Because why would you get married at 22? Like, that's stupid, right?
0: But but anybody who knows you, though, knows you found the unicorn. Why wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, well, I knew that. Right. Like it just took everybody else a while to catch up. Right. But but um, three years into our marriage and with no child, um, Shannon's family pulled her aside very quietly and asked her uh, if she didn't have any children because I beat her. And oh God. Um, is this the reason? Right. And I, she's like, what? No, we live in a tiny apartment in the middle of town like we don't have the money for a child and we're not ready. Like, why would we pile kids onto this? And they're like, well, you've been married for three years and you really should have had children by now. And she's like, what is wrong with you? Now, her mother had her first child at the age of 16. Her sister had her first child at the age of 18. And their grandmother was married at 14. With her first child at 15.
0: Okay, so So some varying perspectives there.
1: Right now. After about four years, maybe five years of marriage, my mom started the campaign from her end. Now, Nani, that's what I go by back home is Nani. Now, Nani, you know, Shannon's not getting any younger. I'm like, she's 27.
0: <laughs>
1: Nani, the window is closing. You don't want to wait till it's closed to have babies because... There's never a better time than now. I'm like, there's a total better time than now. Like, when I'm ready, <laughs> when I have a house, when I can afford it. You know, like, Mom, this is not a good time now, Nani. I st- I was pregnant in Southeast Asia. Your father was fighting a war. I'm like, yeah, and you should have freaking waited. <laughs> <laughs> so I was almost born on the flight back from Southeast Asia. You know, the only the fact that the plane landed at Keesler Air Force Base makes me an American. All right. Like I could have been German or something. I don't know like what the rules are there, but no, you should have freaking waited. That's what I'm saying. Now, no, honey, she's not getting any younger. You know, like you get this tremendous pressure and what are they supposed to do? They have, they have societal requirements on them. They have this financial strapping that they're having to haul around this albatross that they, they can't get rid of, um, they have family pushing them, and then society saying, why aren't you guys marrying? Why aren't you guys making babies? Well, it, well there's a hundred reasons it,
0: for that. It's, it sounds like it's gotten to the point where there's so much pressure to not only have a relationship or not have a relationship, but to have the correct relationship at the correct time with the correct number of kids at the correct moment in the correct way uh, with the correct social standing. And I can actually understand why people on both sides, be they male, female or non-binary just kind of going, fuck it. I'll buy a vibrator.
1: And, and I, I say this and it is a super popular on, uh, opinion or super unpopular opinion. And I say this all the time and people give me crap for it. And, and I know that that it's it's not a thing or not a thing anybody wants to hear, especially boomers. They hate this sentence. However, when we as a society figure out how to make a a realistic, moving, talking sex doll, You watch you watch what happens that
0: kind of to some extent, you know, we've been talking about the way things are and that kind of goes into the second half of the conversation, which is where are things going? Um, Yeah. And and obviously being a sci-fi geek, I start going into speculative fiction and looking at different things that make sense to me. The idea that um, especially with everything going on with the virus, uh, going to the movie Demolition Man and the ooh fluid transfer. Oh uh, sure, you know once again that makes sense to me. Uh, when we look at things like Blade Runner and you start realizing that people have holographic and/or robotic uh, girlfriends or boyfriends. Once again, makes sense to me, especially with how we've how intolerant we've become to the idea of being part of a relationship with somebody else, that the idea that, you know, the moment you get bored with your significant other, you can just download a new personality and start over again. I know that's going to appeal to some people. And
1: relationships, no matter what anybody tells you, relationships are hard. Oh, absolutely. They're hard. And, and, it, and,
0: and once again, right now, you if your relationships get hard, you have two options. You can either work it out, or break up imagine when the day comes in which it's kind of like oh you're pissing me off well we're upgrading to (laughs) 2.0
1: yeah you know know? or man i really wish my girlfriend would do that let me download that software uh i mean and
0: and and that will go for both men and women it's not like it's only going to be us that are going to do it i think so but i think it'll be different
1: because if you look at what and, – and here's the point, right? Like here's the point where I think it's going to cause more problem than not. If you look at what a man needs to become happy on a, on a basic level, I'm not talking about fulfilled, right? Just like he's not depressed. He's not unhappy with his lot in life. He's He's doing all right, you know? Is he as fulfilled as he could be with a beautiful – Loving wife and a, and a, you know, gaggle full of kids and a picket fence and all that kind of stuff. No. OK, but at a basic level, can a man be made happy with a robotic girlfriend that he can have sex with? Um, the answer for, I would say, oh, at least over half, maybe three quarters of men is yes. Yes, he can. Be.
0: I, you're, you're actually kinder than I am. I'd say 85 percent of us would be happy with that
1: um, where we could function quite nicely. And happily and go home and not have to worry about it, right? Cost you a couple grand, less than the price of a new Hyundai. And you could have your forever wife that is instantly upgradable, hot swappable as far as parts go. Uh-huh. And, um, makes you happy in a carnal way. Now, Most men would be able to live with this. Do you know who was not able to live with this? Most women. Um, This will become you will see the the narrative on this change radically because right now it's not a problem right now. They just say it's the the incels and the people who can't get a girl. Right. See, want and, these. and the
0: worst part about it is, is I'm not seeing the same thing you are with that. And I think I may know where you're going and I'm sure you'll correct me in a moment. But I, I see that almost as being a win for them as well. And maybe I'm missing something. But the idea that, you know, You could have your robotic spouse, even if you're a woman who once again will do the dishes for you and clean for you and, you know, rub your feet when you get home from work. And once again, the moment they get too uppity and piss you off, you download 2.0 and move forward.
1: Yeah, I, I don't on a, on a basic level I think you know that might be right, but you're not thinking about what. See, we're, you're thinking about it like a guy thinks
0: about it. And as I said, I I'm I, I knew I was probably coming from at it from the wrong from a well excuse a different perspective. But yeah.
1: generally speaking, and and I'll ask you this question, and you're you're going to see why, right? Generally speaking, what do men look for in a spouse?
0: Uh, you're talking about long-term or initially long-term long-term someone who's going to care for us as life goes on mm-hmm. now short-term oh um are uh, her boobies nice
1: yeah <laughs> close enough physical <laughs> attributes are first <laughs> at least when you're dating and all that kind of stuff but a long-term is this somebody who's going to take care of me is this somebody who's going to love me for who i am is this somebody who will be life's partner with me,
0: right? Well, it, it once again coming from a perspective of somebody who has been with the same person for 20 years, whose child is not far away from leaving the nest. Uh, it, yeah, that kind of becomes a little bit more important to you as time goes on. It's less and less and less of the physical and more and more and more of the do I have a partner in life?
1: Now, that's a man's wish list, and it's pretty much not really changed. What's a woman's wish list?
0: Well, I mean, my my inclination, and it comes from an older generation, is is to say somebody's going to provide for them. But I know that's kind of passe these days.
1: Well, it's kind of passe to say, but listen to what they say when they talk about what do you want in a man, right? They want, and, and you can listen to, and it's all over everywhere, and and you can go find it. It's really easy. Six foot tall makes a significant amount of money to take care of them with treats them like a queen and makes sure that they're listened to and obeyed basically for all <laughs> intents and purposes that's really what they want now how much of that could a robotic partner do probably about half of it however the part that they can't get around is that they still, when they look to pair off, they still look at men as providers. And you can't get a robot to provide
0: for you. Well, then that kind of goes into my other, once again, speculative fiction thought process as to where that could go. In which case, what I start thinking of is Handmaid's Tale, but rather than the religious people took over, the feminists took over. And so you don't necessarily have handmaids there to become pregnant and bear the women what you have is a guy there who is nothing more than a sperm uh producer
1: oh no that's probably where we'll get now what i see is the future (laughs) honestly is real close um men will generally speaking because they're going to realize within a generation or two of whenever this happens right men will will refuse to pair off with women because it's much easier to pair off with an AI or a surrogate, right? It's a lot easier, it's a lot cheaper, and they can get by and they're fine. Women will become immediately, uh, once they realize what's happened and that three-quarters of the men are off the market, and it doesn't matter how hard you try or what you offer, men will no longer be interested in that because most women are shooting for that top 10%. Anyway, whether they have any shot of getting it, they're always shooting for that top 10%. Well, once they realize that those men are going to take the top 10% of women, um, you still have 90% that's out there. And what they'll do is they'll come up with some other kind of cobbled together solution. Men will pick a surrogate and women will um, at least – in my version of this, women will probably um, get a a uh, child rearing system going, and a tax on that, right? So, sort of like school tax. Everybody pays school tax, whether you have kids or not. Everybody, everybody will have. Everybody, everybody will pay
0: a kid. the reproductive stipend.
1: Right. Everybody will pay a kid tax, whether you have kids or not, and uh, women will be subsidized. For having children and they'll visit a sperm bank, pick whichever guy they want and um, off they go.
0: It wouldn't be too far of a stretch. And here comes the one that I'm going to say that people are going to hate me for, for childbearing and child rearing to become a profession for a woman.
1: Well, there already are. I mean, there's surrogates out there right now.
0: Uh, True, but that for rather than. That's just childbearing, uh, I guess, not uh, child rearing. and, And right in what we used to refer to as a homemaker and a housewife will actually become, to some extent, I won't go so far as to say a thing because they won't be married, but they will be paid by the government and the state to birth and rear children.
1: Oh, I, I don't think that's far out of bounds at all. Um, and and all of this sounds ridiculous, right? Everybody's like, ah, but well, just be, watch. Because, just think
0: because you know? none of this is popular. And if unfortunately, if it's not popular, it's evil and wrong.
1: Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of wrong think on that one. Um, there's. There's and, and that seems to be the the kind of modality now that we're in is if it's not what the media and influencers say, um, it is in fact wrong. And well, I mean, uh, you know,
0: we, the only thing George Orwell got wrong was the date.
1: That <laughs> seems to be a popular phrase nowadays, but uh, it's I I I do think that. Um, human nature is largely being ignored and we're kind of coming up with different narratives to explain the feelings and the the uh, instincts that are happening to us and we're we're trying to to sub in these replacements for how we feel how we act how we should Behave well, and it's going to get increasingly weird.
0: And well, I mean, if you and if you really want to go to the weird side, going back to my speculative fiction roots, um, take uh, Brave New World into into concept. Babies were born and raised in crèches each one of them for a specific pers- purpose and the idea of relationships you didn't have relationships you were expected to have sex with as many human beings as possible as many times as possible and if you did it with the same person twice it was considered selfish and that was just to make sure that everybody stayed happy
1: my god did you know your birth parents
0: like <laughs> <The> hell <laughs> it, Exactly. What's wrong with I mean, you? And, and, and once again, I know that that's an extreme, but you know, Brave New World.
1: I I'm curious to see how we how we do this. Uh, I really am because the I watch things like birth rate, like marriage rate, like divorce rate, like couple rate and and or coupling rate and all that kind of thing. I watch these things. Because I love to see the trends on it. It's internal. It's it's just eternally fascinating to me where we're going as a society and what we are actually listening to, right? We are listening to extreme views on on both ends, and then the media and the government are picking those up and and pushing those forward as not only the truth, but how it always should have been, whether it's right yeah. or wrong.
0: It kind of goes into a a lot of what's going on around us, and it had to do to some extent with even what we discussed last cast, which is we no longer live in a world where ideas are considered good things. Not even the concept of, okay, we're going to discuss this idea, and we're going to decide that maybe that one doesn't work and doesn't fit. Um, If it's not part of the orthodoxy, it's not only wrong, but it's evil, and you should be strung up for even having suggested it.
1: Yeah, what they haven't gotten to yet, they haven't quite figured out how to work it out. They're they're desperately trying now. It's not only evil and objectionable, they want it to be punishable. And that's the part where we're going to just kind of just dance right over that line. And and it's going to be because they're they're already trying to figure out how and by uh, they I mean the government and the media who are working in collusion. And I know that doesn't sound like it should be (laughs)
0: like
1: it's people are like, no, they're not pay attention. Just watch like all the media is controlled (laughs) by like five corporations, including social media. Go look, you know, go go follow that money trail back up where it is and see what's actually happening. Um, you can't really go by that. And what what's happening now is we are rewriting our own narrative. And we're partially we're told, you know, don't look behind the curtain. It's not actually happening that way. It's always been this way.
0: No, I feel like it hasn't.
1: Or it's no different than it used to be, right? Um, well,
0: well ob- objective fact is no longer popular no
1: and and uh, you know i i love the people who who have invented new words for lying um personal truth is probably one of my favorites
0: <laughs>
1: it's my personal it's not the truth it's my personal truth well, and yeah, i'm like I, actually that's was, called your opinion
0: <laughs> i was listening to an interview uh today while i was cutting the grass with a college professor who had quit for all of these reasons and when the interview was asking him when and where he got him got into trouble, and his statement was, "I got into trouble when I realized that I wasn't speaking the same language as the students anymore. That they were saying things that did not mean the same thing to me that it did to them, and vice versa. And it and it just you guys got to the point where he was just like, I don't I don't even know what to say to these people anymore.
1: Oh yeah." Yeah, and colleges are, are really it was really well done. Um, the way that they they have kind of snuck in and now colleges have always been a place where uh, a liberal mindset is very popular. Um and in, in historically, they have come up with some really great ideas, some really radical ones. It's where a lot of movements have started. And, and that kind of of history kind of goes along with the collegiate type of, of atmosphere. However, um, what they figured out is that it could be used for evil and um, you could punch anything through there as long as you framed it in the right way. And now you you have such a radical view in at the collegiate level when they pop back out into society you know and they start at their first company which maybe is a traditional company or maybe it's it's full of people who are not of their generation and everything and they 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 start beating against the walls with these views and just bouncing off everything in those 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 places like like what are you what are you doing you know um, it, it's really diabolical the way it's it's been dialed into society that this is not only normal, but the way it should be. And if you say anything different, you're not only wrong, but you should be punishable.
0: Uh, well, and that kind of kind of goes into and even where you started with this cast, which is uh, if if and when somebody. Well, not somebody. People in general actually hear this. Um, somebody's head's going to explode.
1: Oh yeah, no, this will be extremely unpopular. Now, luckily, with our viewership right now, that's not really an issue. Um, <laughs> we have fifty total, uh, but but uh, downloads, not people. <laughs> but <laughs> um, like, so this this message isn't going to get out very far, very fast. Uh, but. It's it's interesting to me to think about and it's something I love to expand on and think on and and really see where the trends are because in some, some cases, I think we've really failed young people starting with the millennials. I think we've failed them as a society. Uh, we have told them things in some cases that are not true. We have forced upon them um, a method of reacting to the world because we've handed them something that is impossible to solve.
0: And, that, and and you, that is kind of a lot of the blame that we of Gen X can take, which is we stood up and said, this is the way it should be. And they turned out and went, well, that's the way it is, but it's not.
1: Right. And, and I think what, I mean, as a generation, you could look at the boomers and lay some blame. You can look at Gen X and lay some blame. You can also look at millennials and, Lisa, and no, like no generation is coming out of this clean, right? Like we've all fucked up in some way, shape, or form. The, the problem for me is that when you look at at the people who have their hands on the gears that are able to fix it, they are the ones also that have copiously stolen all the money – rigged all the games and pointed at other people to fix it i love it when when the boomers look at gen x and say go get them and we're like what <laughs> with what i got a mortgage and two kids man i got like no political clout i got nothing here like well, as a generation we don't have a voice right We're just like you taught us to keep our freaking heads down and shut up. That's what
0: we're doing. Well, and also when you're talking about that, that which is going screaming across the generations, is it really is the boomers who are the ones who still hold most of the power, who are um, yelling back and forth with the millennials who are trying to grab it. And we are kind of as the Gen Xers are kind of stuck in the middle going, uh, just don't shoot us. Uh,
1: Because we know, one, you're not going to win. Um, Unless there's a radical upheaval, uh, which often people call a civil war, unless there is a radical upheaval, you're not going to get the the power, the influence, and the money out of the boomers, right? The only way you're going to get that out is when they die, all right? They're not going to let go of it. It's not going to be a peaceful uh, transition uh, of power, none of that.
0: And the thing is, is that as they continue to get older and then throw us into the mix as we continue to get older... Um, the problem is, is that a lot of the money is going to go with them. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're making it increasingly hard for the distribution of wealth to pass through down to a genera to the next generation. So basically what we're going to have is um,
0: well, it, it, and here comes the best part. And this may be an entire cast in and of its, uh, in itself someday. They're they're t- they're actually going beyond just making the distribution of wealth more difficult. They're actively making it more difficult while telling you that they're that they're trying to make it easier for you.
1: Yeah, isn't that fun? <laughs> and meanwhile, I mean, I, I mean you even know,
0: even just go into the whole concept of, uh, you know, the, the, the tax proposal that's going on right now, which is the idea that you're going to start taxing the businesses more to make them pay their share. Where do you think that money is going to come from? All it's going to yeah. do is increase the cost of living.
1: And uh, and we wonder why the millennials are not having children. We wonder why the millennials are not buying the houses. We wonder why the millennials are screaming up and down at the top of their lungs that it's a rigged game and it's not fair. Because it is. And as as a society, we helped make it that way, right? You didn't hear us like... Protesting and stuff like that, you know,
0: like we no, we, we got we, beat down way early. <laughs> we still, we still bought into the fact that um, our standard of living was supposed to be better than our parents,
1: right? And we now, were the first generation that it wasn't exactly. And and we went, wait, just a damn minute. Like our big evil in our generation was credit cards, right? Yes, everybody had too much credit card debt, and. At at middle age now, we've kind of largely fixed that as a generation went, holy crap. Well, that was horrifying. All right, well. Now the debt's gone to student loans. Yeah, now the debt, like we figured out the whole credit card thing, right? Like we kind of figured that it took less than a generation to go, that's bad. Financing that crap at 30% sucks, guys. Let's not do that anymore, (laughs) right? So that was our big demon, Right. And the, and the materialistic possessiveness of the 80s, right, where you got Gordon Gecko saying, this way, God, lifestyles of the rich and famous. Like, we bought into that as a generation. We were like, oh, obviously, this is the way it should be. Every There's a white Ferrari Testarossa waiting for us, a supermodel, and a house in, you know, Key West. And all we got to do is work hard enough and we can get there. We found out not only was that not true, don't fund it on a credit card, right? <laughs> the bank of Visa is not your friend. Um That was our generation's demon because that's what we were told, right? That's kind of what we lived. Hey, go get yourself a wife. They're great, you know. Um, Go get yourself a husband. It's good do a family it's white picket fence all that stuff all that stuff was sold to us we were still sold on the family life and rich and and this this enrichment of living and
0: and, and even then if you want to take it back to some extent that's why you had so many people who actually were gay who got married and had kids because that's what they were told they were supposed to want
1: right and that You know, again, you go back to some of the religious things that they're told they had to do. Right. Because that's what normal people did. Now, um, what did we tell the millennials was success? Right. It's not getting married. It's not having kids. None of that, because, again, we've got several different groups saying don't get married, don't have kids. The opposite sex is freaking evil. That's our message to the next generation. And we wonder why the birth rate's going down. We saddle them with a giant debt that they can never pay off and wonder why they're not buying houses, damn it. Uh,
0: And then comes the other part about it. We can no longer accept the fact that men and women are different creatures.
1: Oh, yeah. Or that there is such a thing as gender. Or that there's only such a thing as two genders, you know? Well...
0: I, I've got a different take on that, and that is is what we really finally need to do is start using the phrases sex and gender the way they were actually intended to be used. Because as somebody who works in a medical field, there are certain times in which... I, I need to know what your sex is, what your gender is, how you choose to live your life and identify yourself makes absolutely no difference.
1: Yeah, I guess I ne- that's true.
0: I need to know what your sex is. And that's <laughs> and if we finally because
1: sp- this medication will affect you differently.
0: <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. There are certain medications that depending on how you dose them between men or women will kill someone. Right. Right. Um, so if we start separating out the idea of sex and gender, that kind of starts to make everyone happy because the people who need to know what you were genetically born as have one side and the people who need to know how it is that you choose to be addressed and how you choose to live your life have the other side. And it, it, it separates the concepts. That's actually where we're going is we've got the schizophrenic idea that sex and gender are the same thing and they're not.
1: I'm going to have to agree with you on that. That's uh that's a pretty elegant way of putting it. Uh, so, so if you, It's also if, very unpopular right now.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean the uh, you know j- just take into the concept of demanding the fact that men can get pregnant. Well, it depends on how you look at that. If you're talking about gender, sure, why not, who cares? If you're talking about sex, no, that's not physically possible.
1: Yeah. We don't have a uterus, we don't have eggs, we don't have <laughs> we, don't, we don't have
0: Any of that. We don't have an orifice that a child can leave. And and once again, read an article recently about a person who identified as male coming into an emergency room uh, talking about um, chest pains, excuse me, uh, stomach pains and digestive issues and high blood pressure. And what they were treated as because they came in and said, I'm a male was for diet and high blood pressure medication. And it turned out that they were genetically a female. They were pregnant and suffering for preeclampsia, and both the baby and the patient died. All because they didn't look at somebody and say, uh, yeah, you're going to need to do a little bit more than just check my blood pressure.
1: Because they wanted to be treated like what they were living as. Exactly.
0: So somewhere along the line, those two concepts need to be split.
1: I don't think we're anywhere near. No,
0: we're not
1: because getting it, there,
0: because even if and this one's going to go into a separate podcast, it's going to piss people off the, you know, to even just take the idea of go the opposite direction with race. We need to take that off of every form and everything you need. We need to stop even considering it as being.
1: Yeah, it shouldn't even be a thing. Exactly. I mean, socially, it shouldn't be a thing. I mean, I can understand like if you're like some of your biology makes you, you know, pre, uh, you know, uh, predisposed to to a certain type of heart condition or something like that or where you're from or your genealogy or whatever has this condition as part of the thing you need to be treated for. Okay, fine. But socially, it should not be on a form, no. on anything else. Like uh, I, I bought a gun last month, right, as something I do. It was a nice shotgun, uh, which we'll talk about on another cast. Um, but
0: uh, it, and, it and has that, me check what race I am. Well, that no, 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 doesn't no. matter. Che- no, no, it has you check it twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It not only has you check what race you are, but what ethnicity you are. The first thing you have to tell them is, no, you're not Hispanic. Yeah, which is weird. Then you can tell them whether or not you're black, white, red, green, blue, or whatever. Right. It, yeah. so, no, you do. You so, answered that question twice. So, so it's not even like we are making separating people in that fashion, but we're separating them twice.
1: Yeah, and I and like that should have no bearing on whether, like, what color my skin is and where my genealogy comes from should have no bearing on whether I'm capable of safely operating a firearm. Like, nowhere on the form does it ask, I don't know, pertinent questions like, um, have I ever attended a safety class? Uh-huh. You know, like like stuff like that that I think should be on there and should be required. Have you ever attended firearm safety training? That should be something that's required. It's not. It's not even on the form. It's not even a thing. Uh, but they ask, like you said, whether I'm, uh, you know, what color I am twice. Make sure I'm not this, and then I can answer what I am, uh, which I find very strange and racist. Uh, but I, I I, don't understand how we got here. I mean, I see it. I saw it happen. I lived through it, right? I lived through, and I can tell you the date it started to change is when social media started to rise. Uh,
0: and, and, and we're getting more and more and more separated, whether or not you choose to separate. Out it, and it even goes back into what our topic of conversation is: how we relate to one another. We're separating ourselves out by creed, by gender, by sex, by race, by education level. Uh, th- there's no concept of looking at somebody and just saying hi. Yeah,
1: it doesn't. It and, doesn't exist. And, and,
0: and even then, if you take into the way that most people are meeting each other these days, we're, it's no longer via conversation. Now, I'll admit, I wasn't real good at conversation, and I did meet my wife on the Internet. With that said, that is how we're meeting people these days. So you have all of this information laid out in front of you. You have their height, weight, sex, gender, color, uh, occupational status, all of that laid out in front of you to judge them prior to even meeting them. You haven't even spoken to them yet, and you're swiping left or right based on that.
1: You know, it's funny cuz if you'd have laid me and my wife down in a dating app, neither one of us would have swiped right on the other one. Oh, if you if you'd have done like political views and and all that kind of stuff, like uh, like what she was into like she was a cop when I met her. Oh. Yeah. I was I was a street racer.
0: <laughs> same same thing. I mean, I was, you know, um, a high school, not a very good athlete, but a high school athlete, I, once again, I'll re- rephrase, say that again just so nobody thinks I'm bragging. I was not a very good athlete. Um, but, and I ended up marrying the band geek. Sure. I mean, it, it, there's, we joke about it all the time, that if we had met each other prior to when we did, that we would have hated each other's guts.
1: Oh, Shannon and I joke about that all the time it's just like we would have never like in high school or even if we knew everything about each other on paper when we met, we would have never been in a date ever. But, you know, as it happens, as often it does, you know, like you put us in the same room and I'm liquored up. So I'll actually speak. And I, I believe my <laughs> opening line to her was that's a nice ass. She turned around with a pool cue in her hand because she was <laughs> shooting pool and looked me up and down and went, changed whatever she was going to say, which she's never told me what that first <laughs> sentence was going to be, and went, thank you. You drunk enough that you can uh, shoot pool with me? And I'm like, of course I am. I couldn't see the cue. Like, there were three cue balls when I looked at them, and I was oh, seeing double. I mean, it was I, bad, but.
0: Hey, I did worse. On my first date, I just did. I did something that my father had always done to whoever was sitting next to him at dinner, which was to just poke him in the hand with a fork. Classy. And, oh, I know. It was. It was awesome. And then, when she looked at me like, "What the hell are you doing?" This what popped out of my mouth was, "You didn't expect to get forked on the first date, now, did you?" <laughs> Smooth with two O's, man. <laughs> hey, Smooth. Hey, hey, I got a second date and eventually married.
1: Hey, you know, like my my first time didn't go exactly great either. Like after the whole ass comment and shooting pool with her, I passed out in my friend's bedroom. Said goodbye to the wrong girl. <laughs> called her by the wrong name. <laughs> like like but, Shannon was leaving. She's like, "Bye,
0: Sean." I'm like, "Bye, Jennifer." <laughs> but but see, this is what we went through in the process of actually having to get to know someone yeah versus... like there was no dating apps when no. i was well, no shit, it was didn't no exist at the time uh, well there was internet oh, okay uh, M- this was
1: 90 minimal. yeah this was 97
0: so uh, 96 for me
1: yeah so there was internet it was dial-up yeah okay but yeah the But there was internet, but there wasn't the dating apps. Nobody had cell phones. We all had pagers. Um, (laughs) was smartphones weren't (laughs) a thing yet, you know, like, like like you're sending messages in nine code. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like that whole thing, (laughs) you're trying to explain it to kids now, and it's very quaint and sounds like old people, like in their phonographs and their tele, you know, teletype and all that kind of stuff, but still, um, but it was a different mode of thinking and it was a different thing where it was like, wow, the object of going to parties was to meet girls and find a potential mate and have a great time and all that kind of stuff. That is not the object of parties now. No. And that is not the object. Believe it or not, that's not the object of dating apps either. No. Um, it's it's like social media has not done great things. The the media perception and and. Um, narrative have not progressed to anything that resembles uh, what I would consider progress in helping us all live together better.
0: The, the the original thought, and it was actually a wonderful original thought was this would give us the ability to, to communicate many to many and bring ideas out there. Unfortunately, like what happens to most things in life Someone figured out how to manipulate that, and so you now have all of the algorithms that it's no longer everyone communicating; it's somebody telling you what it is that you can see.
1: Yeah, and what you're supposed to think about that exactly. And I, which is another reason we founded this cast. And I know we got to go here, but but we we just couldn't look around and say wow, this is how it's supposed to be, you know, like you can't do like, We would like some discussion <laughs> because what we see is not what the narrative is. It's not what they're telling us is supposed to be happening. And we're looking around going both of us, I think, and sometimes from different angles. But but we're looking around going, well, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> well,
0: it, it's just the fact that something is, is something doesn't connect the way it's supposed to. You, yeah. you you can argue left and right over what that is, where it comes from, and why. And if you ask ten different people what that is, you're going to get ten different answers. But the fact that we are no longer allowed to talk about it anymore—that uh, you know, having free thought and opinion is is a bad thing hate speech. Days. Yeah, I, exactly.
1: It, yeah, that's that's what it is. Because no matter what you say, it is hate speech to some group. And they're trying to make that punishable. So if anybody disagrees with you, it's hate speech and you should be jailed for that. Now, if you believe some trolls on the Internet, you should just die, get cancer and die. That seems to be the big one. But but honestly, that's where we've come as a society. So it's no wonder to me that. We have lost sight of some of the things that used to be important to society and now we're struggling with, well, what now? How do we fix this? Well, is it fixable? Do we want it to be fixed as a society? I, Are we just waiting for technology to solve these problems enough that we don't have to deal with each other, which is, I think, honestly, where we're going? I,
0: I, yeah, I, it, it is. I, and I, I think technology is at least going to initially make it very, very easy for people not to interact anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let let me put it this way, and it is a final kicker. Um, with the whole uh, – uh, the great snifflage, which is what I call it, that happened, uh, the, the infectious snifflage that happened um, <laughs> in the last year and a half, uh, it made no difference to my daily life that I stayed home. And worked from here because technology solved all the problems of me having to leave the house. I could order things I needed to order. I could see the people I needed to see. And largely for my job, it made no difference that I was home. So I think as far as relationships go, technology is about 10, maybe 20 years away from solving that problem too. Here, here's your relationship substitute. You don't need anyone else.
0: And I think the... uh the the virus uh, actually accelerated that process. I think we're closer to it oh, great than deal. we were.
1: Yeah, great deal. Uh, it is silence because the the great holdout for a lot of the the things that happened during uh, the the pandemic were uh, the boomer generation. No, you need to be in the office. No, I need to see butts in seats, otherwise you don't get paid. No, this isn't how things work because this is the way it's always been, and they were forced to not do that and,
0: and and all of us introverts out there went my time has come yeah <laughs> this is affect my social life not at all you know because um, for me it didn't
1: i still podcast i still see the same friends that my best friends live in different states every single one of you um i have three honest to god best friends who i consider the same to me as my birth brother oh. i i talk to them every week <laughs> It, it made the, no it, difference to it, my social it, life.
0: It, it's going to sound pathetic, but I actually don't have any local friends. First of all, I work <laughs> all up and down the East Coast. So everybody no, I was going to say, gonna,
1: you're never home, so you're it, never local.
0: Yeah, so basically our entire social group in this area is my wife's friends. <laughs> so Well, that I,
1: makes sense for you. I
0: ha- so, so, yes, I have friends in Texas. I have friends in Wisconsin. I have friends in California. I have friends in Kansas. I have a friends in Connecticut and Rhode Island, and, and, but once again, in where I live, no.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just like this has affected introverts like not at all. Um,
0: I, yeah, my, no, my my life was unchanged. I got to go play at the gun store for a couple months.
1: Yeah, you know, so I I see how the the technology is changing. Uh, the way people live and, and you're right. I think the, the last year and a half have really accelerated that. but when when technology fixes the need or at least provides a viable substitute for human interaction in a romantic relationship or sexual relationship, you watch what happens to the birth rate then. it will go down by orders of magnitude. I promise you that will happen because it's easier. And cheaper so just just watch and listen and remember when when it happens just remember i called it <laughs> okay i've been calling that for about 10 years now and just now are we to the point where everybody goes Shit. no it used to be that won't happen now it's that won't happen will it <laughs> just wait give it a, give it a couple years
0: uh, well, as we've discussed, we uh, know that this is probably going to ruffle some feathers. Whether you are in a perfect agreement or want to tell us what idiots you think we are, uh, we would like to hear from you. Uh, so, a couple of options on that one are our, um, uh, our Twitter account. geez, if I could speak, that would be easier. Our <laughs> Twitter account is at GSBcast, and our email address is take a number at uh, gentleman's soapbox.com uh, or you can visit our website gentlemanssoapbox.com. soapbox.com uh, we'd love to hear from you we'll be happy to discuss what it is that you write to us um, even if it's uh, telling us what horrible devilish human beings we are
1: we already know that but you know we're fine oh, with hearing I, I
0: have it. I have a lava front condo in, in hell already reserved <laughs> I've got the space right behind
1: you. We'll share back fences. It'll be great.
0: So thank you very much and good night. (laughs) Hello, and Welcome to the Gentleman's Soapbox.
1: Oh, we're going to piss some people off this week. <laughs> they're gonna be, if anybody ever listens to this, they're going to be
0: so flaming mad. <laughs> Should we just give out the email address now? <laughs>
1: Send your hate mail to this address because we know we going to get it on this one.